It's from December 24th. Uh, yeah. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I gotta get back. I'm right now in the process of uploading like the past two weeks' episodes onto Spotify because we've been getting like 20, we've like increased by 20. 20 listeners on average. We've increased by 20 or we've increased to 20? We've increased to 20 listeners. <laughs> both, both, basically both. I'm glad, you know, because I I was going to bring that up a couple of days ago because that's like I've switched when I go to the gym. Now I like to listen to my favorite podcasts as opposed to like books or music. So I always get pissed always off when like to- my go-tos haven't uploaded it for the day. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, no, no, no I got you. I'm trying to get it all backlogged and get better to uploading as soon as the episodes ends. I was so good during the summer, but during the school year, I would just be like, oh, every Friday, I would just upload the week's worth. That's why we need some geek to like just do that right away. Get it's it very- on streaming platforms. Get the edits out as we're talking. Like, you know, the big TV chains. I have a friend who's like down to do it if we pay him. I just need to see like he... He's about to graduate, and he's one of my good buddies. Like, I believe in him. I just need to, like, run by him. Like, yeah, you need to do this, this, and that. And, like, yeah, they kind of need some training. Yeah. And besides that, like, he kind of knows sports. Like, he knows basketball, but, like, he's not, like, but he's into content creation. That's the good thing. You get what I'm saying? It's not too hard to figure out once you get it. Yeah. So, and he's, I think we get it. Either way, let's hop in today. Today we'll be talking about Rudy Gobert. Sucks. Like, the guy got outplayed by a two-way player. And the G League Ignite team, a lot of scouts and NBA executives are wondering what's the purpose. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you. What is the purpose? Because why why not just go play overseas or make NIL in college? That, that's – yes. 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 <laughs> So yes. we'll talk. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about. I'd say it's a five head. It's well. There's two clear front runners in the MVP race right now. It's Nikolai Jokic versus Jason Tatum. Then the well, was, <laughs> the dark horse is Kevin Durant, and then Giannis Antetokounmpo and Tyrese Halliburton and Joel Embiid are right behind that. Then we'll talk about teams that I think are rising in the standings that we like. And then we'll figure out what the fuck for us to do with this show today. It's been a little bit beat around the NBA ever since Christmas. I will have to say that everything's been a little bit mellow. And yeah, there, I mean, there weren't too many games on yesterday. What's up, fourth Q? Tonight, I was surprised to see how many games are on the slate. Yeah, no, it didn't make sense. So let's hop into the first po- uh, topic of discussion, and that is Rudy Gobert. I. Is he the shadow of the player that he once was? Was he a system guy? What is going on here? I as a, okay, so I don't know if you want to hear. I'm a Timberwolves fan, so I can go on a rant. I just want to hear your thoughts before. No, no, you go first. What no, is no, your, no, 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 you go first. Okay, I don't know. First off, it's the aggressiveness. It's Rudy Gobert. We thought. Rudy Gobert was going to fix the two big problems of this team. We were getting a dominant All NBA. Former defense, multi-defensive player of the year guy who was going to address the two biggest weakness of this team. Defensive rebounding and rim protection. He was literally a defensive monster. It was a team that was going to be so big that it would be difficult for a small ball team to handle. Now, we always knew there was questions about Carl Anthony Towns. But Chris Finch was the guy who was going to be able to do this. But the overall collection of talent in the starting lineup was basically swapped out for Rudy Gobert and it's 34 games into the first season this team it's terrible we just saw Orlando Robinson on a two-week contract get literally dick on Rudy Gobert it was insane and he looks like the shadow of the guy that he once was in Utah and maybe it's just he needs a bit more time but last season Gobert averaged 15.6 points led the league with 14.7 rebounds 2.1 blocks and shot a league leading 71.3% from the field to make his third straight all-star appearance now this season so far they're literally so far down across the board it's ridiculous 14 points 12.3 rebounds 66.2 from the field and the most stunning part of all 1.2 blocks 
He's not even averaging two blocks. That's literally the yeah. lowest he's had since he was a rookie. The guy isn't the same player anymore. And it was insane that we just saw, you know, Nikola, Nikola Jovic, like, and Caleb Martin and Max Struess eat Gobert alive when it should have been the other way around. And Orlando Robinson literally just imploded on him. I've always been a huge Orlando Robinson, but he yeah. hasn't – I don't know. There's no heart. It's depressing. I would trade Gobert for anything. I just want Gobert off this team. I want Carl Anthony Towns off this team. I don't want any bigs on this team. I'm done with bigs. I want Naz Reed starting. I want Kyle Anderson. Fuck this. Fuck Gobert. Fuck Carl Anthony Towns. That's how I feel about the Timberwolves right now. Yeah, man, they haven't won – First off, Orlando Robinson is one of those guys where if you just watch like a summer league game, he just he's good. He's, he's just, good. Like, Orlando you, you Robinson's a good. Like, you just notice him. Orlando Robinson's a good player from Fresno State. I love you know how I've been on him, but Orlando Robinson shouldn't as a rookie should not be eating. Yeah, go bear alive. Yeah, nor should I mean, Jovic, a six yeah. foot ten like guard. Not many people should be. Yeah, let alone those guys. <laughs> let so, alone those guys. Yes. I mean, Minnesota's pretty dysfunctional right now. I don't I, – I know I saw that they're going to try and put Cat more in the corner when he comes back and see if that works. But, yeah, I mean, Rudy Gobert, I don't know quite what it is. It, it's been like the whole month. They've lost six straight games that he's played in, and Minnesota's kind of faltering right now a little bit. I, I remember like their last win against Dallas when Gobert was out. Naz Reed went for like 27-15. and 15. Like, he was just a We stud. look better without Gobert and without Gobert. Yeah. Reed's a G. So is Kyle, Kyle Anderson and Jane McDaniels. He reminds me very much of Precious Achua in the, in the sense that these guys are so underrated. Like, these are starting caliber centers. Naz Reed's a starting caliber center. He's very versatile. He's had a couple of years in the league now. It's, yeah, it's a really tough position because it's like, uh, you know, Gobert is going to be an issue in the playoffs because he always has been. He always will be. But there's a way around it. But especially if he's not rebounding the ball like it wasn't last night, if he's not giving me like 12 rebounds, that's what he's averaging on the season, though. So it's – I think it's just a lot of dysfunctionality with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I don't know what – Chris Finch is do. a good coach. Chris Finch is a good coach. I don't know what Tim Conley was expecting at this point. I, I, I get that Rudy Gobert was good, but maybe Rudy Gobert was only looking good because that's how good of a coach Quinn Snyder was. Okay, Quinn Snyder we always knew was a good coach, but maybe he was a lot better of a coach than we thought. And I just find it so frustrating that at this point we're ruining Anthony Edwards' like offensive production, like, like skill set, and he's becoming a phenomenal passer. But we've seen already by taking out Carl Anthony Towns how much better Anthony Edwards looks. Like at this point, I rather, I don't even know. I don't care to keep either of them. Like, and it'd be so hard to trade them. But God, I don't know what you do at this point. Does Gobert have some turnaround? I don't know. It's just so hard to see how you fix this just because I think Gobert just lost the full on step. He's not the same guy anymore. Maybe, you know, him playing summer league is partial not summer league to play in the Eurobasket and people forgot that he played the Eurobasket. I'm pretty sure didn't they go to the championship or they won it or something like that. They went to the final, I believe. I know France yeah France was in the final. So Did they they, beat Spain? No Spain won it. Spain won it. I think Spain won. I think Spain won. So and I literally at this point I think maybe Rudy Gobert just got drained from Eurobasket and he he's like just super fatigued. But at this point, yeah, literally Hey, May. Hey, my. I agree. Naz Reed, Nathan Knight have been doing way better than Rudy Gobert. And it's it's ridiculous to see how the turn of events. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we could sit here and talk all the damn time about how you're losing precious time with Anthony Edwards on a rookie contract. It just as the days go by, it's like less and less that he's either going to stick around or want to stick around or whatever it is. And I think what's becoming evidently clear to me, as much crap as I like to give Cat for being soft and not the number one option on a championship team, is, I mean, even without Cat, you don't have enough. And, like, 
that Gobert trade just they lost all their resources. Like they lost so many critical players. Like Jared so many. is such a critical Malik Beasley was so huge. Matt Malik Beasley was huge for him. Like they lost a lot. So now it almost becomes a little bit of like damage control where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a horrible look if you have to get rid of either Gobert or Cat, but it's the I think the alternative is much more dire. So yeah, I, I think a month from now we're going to start seeing some rumblings about Minnesota being open to something. Yeah, it, and like I don't even know because at this point, this team is a team that should have gone more athletic, more spacing, and getting more guys who could have played out in the perimeter and be able to go in transition and end up being this super athletic team. They shouldn't have been worrying about this rebounding. They should have tried to get like guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and you know like Josh Greens and stuff like that, guys. You know, or even like guys like how Met Benedict Matherin is. You know, imagine if Walker Kessler was on this team. Walker Kessler would have helped you so much. Okay, Walker Kessler would have been huge for this squad. Yeah, maybe they should have gotten. Maybe they had the wrong jazz guy to get, and it should have been. You're an idiot, dude. Walker Mike Kessler Connelly. was. Dra- oh, that's right. I was about to say Walker Kessler was drafted <laughs> by them, and I don't even know. Maybe they shouldn't have even traded. Like, Jared Vanderbilt was the second leading offensive rebounder in the league behind only Steven Adams as a power forward. You just lost all that offensive rebounding. How are you supposed to come back from that, you know? I I guess their thought process is guys like Jalen Noel who's done a great job. He's been awesome. Torian Prince and and McDaniels can help alleviate what they lost. But And, you know, they got Austin Rivers and Bryn Forbes. And they're like, you know, these guys will (laughs) – kind of throwing a band-aid on a huge gaping cut so yeah <laughs> i don't even know how we fix this team anymore besides getting rid of anthony not anthony edwards oh my god besides giving anthony edwards space anthony edwards in space anthony edwards in space is the solution to this team get rudy gobert out of town get car anthony towns out of town at this point i don't I don't see a way for this roster to work. Anthony Edwards, we've seen in every game that the big guys have been out and they play in space. What happens? Anthony Edwards looks better in space. It's all about Anthony Edwards in space. And I think we just we're seeing that this team's at its best when Anthony Edwards is in space. So that's kind of how I feel about this right now. Yeah, they got to start getting some consistency, dude. This is crazy. Like, I go back to the start of their season. So, they've lost three straight mm-hmm. in the past three. Before that, they won three straight. Before that, they lost three, won two, lost three, won five, lost three, won, lost three. Like, it's all in spurts. There is no consistency whatsoever with this current Minnesota Timberwolves team. And yeah, and it's painful. It's kind of crazy. It's painful to watch, and all you want is for them to have some sort of – like like coerce or like some sort of like make sense and every time it makes sense it's when anthony edwards is in space and we've seen him go up to like seven assists now he's looking like a guy who could average seven assists seven rebounds and 25 points with like two steals a night and he, he looks at his best when it's naz reed kyle anderson Jaden McDaniels out there when he has space. And that's what it gets me so pissed off. It's just at this point, how many times do you guys have to have Rudy Gobert miss games or how many games does Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert have to miss games for you to see that your, your team's at its best when it's just Anthony Edwards on the floor without those guys? Tough. And it just pisses me off. Now, let's let's pivot right here. And let's talk about the NBA G League Ignite. I know, I know, I know. It's interesting as all hell. But let's talk about this. And this is, how do we put it? Oh, that's a dry tongue. What? Is that real? What? That looks like a green dry tongue. I don't know, dude. He's mid-game. He's probably drinking hell. pretty purple, dude. All right, the so John Hollinger went to the G League Showcase, and this is what he had to talk about. 
this was something that everyone talked about was the G League Ignite. And something, if you guys don't know, unlike 28 of the other 29 teams, the Ignite are not affiliated with any NBA team. Mexico, Mexico City Capitans is also unaffiliated. Portland and Phoenix are the only NBA teams without affiliated G League clubs. Instead, the Ignite are ran by the league and pay considerable salaries to several young players with the idea of developing them for the NBA. They pay like Scoot Henderson, I think it was like a million or two million, and then like the bottom roster guys, 500,000. And then G League players make only 35,000, they're like 80,000 a year. This year's roster has like Leonard Miller, Scoot Henderson, London Johnson, Mojave King, CD, Sissoko, Baba Karsain, and Effie Abu Gidi. And this is the third year of the program. And so far, Dyson Daniels, Jaden Hardy, Mar- Marjan Bochamp, Jalen Green, Dacian Nix, Isaiah Todd, and Jonathan Kaminga admitted to the NBA from this program. And from John Hollinger's talks to people around the league, both leading up to the event and at the G League showcase itself, he found a lot of people willing to question the league's approach. For starters, why is the league spending all this money to develop players who would just develop someplace else? What is the point of this exactly? There was some idea that keeping these players out of rival non-NCAA options like the Overtime Elite or the Australian National Basketball League Next Arps program, which RJ Hampton, Ousmane Dang, and LaMelo Wall played in, would help market them for the next level in the NBA. But if anyone's ever seen a G League game, you know, it isn't exactly packed at all. Like, those houses aren't packed. And now... When they first made the G League, this was when the G League Ignite wasn't competing against NIL in college basketball. But over the last two years, NIL in college sports has become a major factor. So will any of these options even be competitive going forward? And from a marketing perspective, there hasn't been anything except for that one game where the G League Ignite were a opponent for Victor Wembanyama's Metropolitan 92 team when they visited in October. And they went one and one, and it was really just a hype machine for Victor Wembanyama. Given the expense, and some have questioned the league's roster choices as well. Pinks up for Scoot Henderson was one thing, but most of the other players are barely fringe NBA prospects. One league source told John Hollinger that why are we paying almost half a million dollars for guys who are two-way players? And secondly, there's a deeper question. Is this program even good at developing players? Maybe you give them a mulligan for the first year in the middle of a pandemic. But Ignite were objectively a mess last season, and they're barely any better this year. And nobody that John Hollinger has talked to thinks this is a team that is coached well or well-ran. And he's frequently offered this opinion before even getting around to asking. Meanwhile, Jaden Hardy looks so much better on the Dallas Mavericks G League team than he did on the Ignite. Scouts are almost at a point of putting an asterisk next to Ignite player stats, presuming they'll be almost better anywhere else. Many also question the fact that they aren't even playing for anything that matters. Literally, we talk about this all the time. The problem with the G League and why the G League will never take off is nobody plays to win. No one gives a crap to win in the G League. No one cares about team play. Everyone out there is playing for themselves, playing to showcase themselves, and playing to put up the best numbers so they can get called up to the league or get a big contract overseas. Okay, none of the games matter. The G League games don't matter. The G League and night games matter even less because they know they're just trying to get drafted. And the fact is, is that when you play in the NCAA, when you play overseas, when you play in the NBL, all those games matter because you're trying to win a championship in a foreign league. Now, the Ignite left the showcase with the worst record and the worst scoring margin in the entire G League after doing the same thing last year. And Scoot Henderson, yes, he only played six games in this showcase, and they won three of those games, but they're 1-11 without him. And they also lost one game in the two-game split against Wembenyama's Metropolitans 92. And Canadian forward Leonard Miller, who was a fringe first-rounder, is a guy who has pushed himself into a guaranteed first-rounder. But the thing is, is that you have to wonder, like, obviously, Lamel Ball didn't have some personal growth in Australia, but because he spent the year screwing around, jacking up 40-foot threes. But we have to say, you'd think Scoot Henderson, Leonard Miller, and all these guys that they went to the NBL, went to, and you know, a Power Five like Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, or even went over to Europe, it would be better than the G League. Instead, let's just say the program has reached a point where people are asking questions. Unlike the G League's other 29 franchises, this one has to continue providing to 30 NBA owners who are paying for it why it should keep existing. 
right now the sales pitch is failing. Thoughts? Yeah. So I mean, the NIL ruined G League. Any or sorry, the Ignite. Any chance that Ignite had that never made sense to begin with. The NIL completely abolished it. So that the Ignite team should be dismantled. I who are the good players out of the Ignite? I know it hasn't been a long. Leonard Miller's. Oh well. Oh, that have. Who have made it or who are currently? Yeah, who are current good players? Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, and Dyson Daniels have arguably – and Marjan Bochamp are the four and best I guess, players. And Jaden. No, no, like actually playing. Marjan Bochamp, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, and Dyson Daniels are the only ones who have made an impact in the NBA so far in the G League. And like the rest, Isaiah Todd, Dacian Nix, Jaden Hardy, they've been like two-way – not two-way guys, but like – just basically being they're like on guaranteed contracts, but they've been called up and down from the G yeah. League. Yeah, it's I mean, so there's there's clear talent. Scoot Henderson's a great player. Um it just doesn't make any sense. It it really doesn't. And as far as like the G League goes, I mean you're gonna have to make there's going to be have to be some type of incentives that work across the whole organization uh, just in general like those two teams you mentioned that don't have g league affiliates they need to have g league affiliates i, I don't understand why they don't actually if that's supposed to be the minor league system for the nba why don't they have teams but the, the ignite will never work if scoot henderson think sharif o'neal sharif o'neal sucks right now he sucks this guy like I, I forgot he was on. Did he have a stint with the Lakers. Yeah, why did they give Sharif O'Neal a? Because they're desperate, and you know what? Well, I'll tell you this: I don't know what Sharif was doing because Sharif had a medical condition and he was forced to sit out for the season, or he was done for the season in his last year at UCLA or however that went down. He should have gone back to college. I don't know what he's doing in the NIL now, or sorry, in the Ignite now. Nobody knows what Sharif's doing. If he was at least still on UCLA, he'd get some eyeballs because it's Shaq's kid and it's actually watchable scoot henderson i couldn't tell you any stat line scoot henderson has had in the entire season i cover the houston rockets i couldn't tell you a single stat line jalen green had in his stint with the ignite like nobody watches it nobody cares and it's, it's bad mess. it's bad basketball it's just a mess and it doesn't make any sense and you could argue with the nil not coming into effect maybe right they're getting some money all right fine i'm open what to was it drew timmy drew timmy a guy who was a basically a set early second round pick. He was going to go in the second round. He wasn't going to go in the first. Timmy, Timmy, of, Timmy of Gonzaga. He, he said the only reason he went back to Gonzaga for like that super senior season was I think he got $3 million. And he was like, I was going to get more money playing an extra year of college basketball than I would as a second round pick. Yeah. Like why, why, why would you not go to college basketball now when you're getting like one to three million, maybe even five? I bet you KU, Kansas, they're probably setting up my school at University of Kansas. We're probably setting up Jalen Wilson and, the, and like these new five star recruits. We're talking to Grady Dick and shit with like two, three million dollar deals. I bet you Duke, Kentucky, doing the same thing, getting the exactly. big old deals. Like literally, Michigan State is called the Michigan State uh, Trojans, presented by Rocket Mortgage. That's their basketball team. The Michigan State Trojans presented by Rocket Mortgage. Yeah, I, I mean, so I, I think the whole NIL, you know, that's a whole other kind of thing just in general. I think it's going to ruin college sports as far as – No, it won't. Go. It's going to oh, keep it it's going to keep good players it there. It will. But I would You're say – You're going to have imagine... the good guys do and go overseas. Hey, is that swaggy? That's good. You got a dog. But – so, okay, I think Drew Timmy was a great point. Drew Timmy is living at Gonzaga as a freaking superstar stud. Now he has yeah. scouts on him. He's getting well coached. Oh, no, he's, Drew he's getting laid every any, day. Drew Timmy's not going to be a first-round pick. Drew Timmy's still a second-round pick. But he's, he's, he's the His man stock went down. His stock went no down. No gives by a saying. shit about the guy on screen because he plays for the G League Ignite. People just know he's good. Okay, you got me there, right? You're right. Yes, playing college basketball is better marketing – than the G League United. I bet you less I people know about Victor Wembanyama than who – Then I'm trying to think of this the most popular any, college – who's the most copy, call, popular college basketball player right now? Any. No, no. But like, Victor Wembanyama is a special type of talent, and it's they've done a great job marketing that. I think – You got 70K college, on a video? It's actually at 80. But yeah, about you. what? <laughs> um. Oh, the 49ers. 
But I, I just, I don't know. I, I think the Ignite's a sorry excuse at this point, especially with the NIL. It, you just scoot over Henderson. Victor? You made a video saying scoot over Victor. Um, maybe for the Rockets? Yeah, maybe for the Rockets. Oh, no, I think that was a clip we said on here. I'd rather have scoot on the Rockets than Vic because I like LP. I think I said that yesterday, two days ago. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. But like, but this guy could be if this guy was at if Scoot was at Duke, he'd be a superstar stud. Random people would be tuning on ESPN to watch him. Everybody's winning. Everybody's making money. Like, I'm trying to think who's the number one player in college basketball right now. Couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you. I go to Kansas. Is it Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick? Don't know either of those players. They're fucking dogs. Thought Jalen Wilson was a was your quarterback. No, that was Jalen Daniels. We like them Jalen's. Two different Jalen's. One's with an E, one's with an L, you fucking asshole. But no, look, yeah, Scoot Henderson, oh my God, this guy would probably have 10 million followers on everything if he went to a Power 5 school. The thing is with this G League at night is it's not working, it's not marketing well, and the, the team is coached bad, the team is ran bad, and they don't do a good job. It's either they're not doing a good job at offering contracts to the right players or the players that they want are all choosing to go to college instead of the G League at night because they're like, why? Well, yeah. I also I think most I think most athletes who are going to get a scholarship, like those good type of players, like would love to go to college as opposed to whatever the hell you do on the Ignite team. I guess you just enter adulthood. Why wouldn't I go slay some co-eds for a year and just be treated like a king and make some money and get the national attention and go back to the co-eds? There's co-eds. There's no co-eds on the Ignite team. So let's switch over and let's talk about this. I hate this site so fucking much. They've really put Jason Tatum at five. I think this race. I hate this site so fucking much. Do you want me to use NBA.com? Why is this always the worst ever MVP ranking? It's if the season ended today. If the season ended today, why is Jason Tatum over five? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, you want to use NBA.com? They have Giannis Kumpo winning it. I like it. Fuck that. It's Nikolai Jokic. I like it. I'm going back to what I like better. Oh, my God. Alrighty. Nikolai Jokic, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Tyrese Halburn probably make up like the everybody's MVP list right now with Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Tyrese being the dark horse. And I think Jokic, Doncic, Antetokounmpo, and Durant. Jokic is in front. Tatum is actually like in there too. Like I think it's between Tatum and Jokic right now. Then Durant's a close third. Then it's Doncic, and in, in fifth place it's fucking Giannis. Then six it's Joel. I haven't heard a soul on the planet this whole year say Luka Doncic is the MVP. <laughs> well, Luka's like like two one, games above five hundred. Yeah, but like he's basically leading like one of the most efficient like the seventh or ninth most efficient offense in the NBA. I'll read it to you right here. Let's let's just read you some some little information from John Hollinger. Okay, so right now you got Jason Tatum who has been the best player on the league's best team automatically bestowing MVP equity. And this is on the same level as you have to consider Devin Booker because the Suns won 64 games five of a year ago. Jason Tatum legitimately has a case for being the best player this time around as a two-way defensive and offensive menace averaging 31 points per game on the best offense and he you know had his mvp moment 41 points on 22 shots against milwaukee then you got kevin durant who spent the past month showing everybody how good he is and he tore his achilles like three years ago averaging almost 30 points on 68 percent true shooting and his defense has been like a defensive player of the year quality they've won nine straight and he's 34 and he's played 33 of brooklyn's 34 games and he's third in the entire nba for minutes played now, Luka Doncic is an offense on basically himself for a shorthanded Dallas team that is ninth in the NBA in offensive efficiency despite having no shot creation besides Luka and Spencer Diddley on the roster. On top of that, his ever-widening array of tricks, feints, and pivots in the basket area. Doncic has massively increased his free throw rate in his fifth pro season while shooting a scalding. 58.1% inside the arc. He's third in the league in player efficiency rating, second in scoring, second in BPM, despite the near constant attention from offense opposing defenses. Giannis, 
the Bucks superstars fourth in scoring, leads the league in free throw attempts, and remains a monstrous presence for the fifth ranked defense, despite a dip in his PR to just 28.1. And Embiid, okay, for December, he's averaging 35.9 points, 50% from three. 86.4% from the free throw line and 65.8% true shooting, more assists than turnovers and eight straight wins. And he's also played every game since November 28. And that's what you got to say, a five-way MVP race with Nikolai Jokic out here, averaging 24.4 points, 11 rebounds, and 9.4 assists. His PER is 32.2 and he leads the league. His 12.4 BPM leads the league. And he's basically every stat is higher than his first MVP shooting. And... It's crazy to think like the one thing that he's bad at is defense. But at this point, Jokic, you could argue, has mastered, okay, the the art of having good hands, positioning himself well, and he's a great kickball violation guy. But what are your thoughts of this five-way MVP race? Wrong, 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 wrong. Let me tell you this. Steph Curry, (coughs) 50, (coughs) 40 (laughs) – You're coughing because it's wrong. (laughs) On 30 points a game. Who cares? Steph Curry isn't 50-40-90. Is that not what I see on screen right now? It's 50-49. Yeah, but yeah. Once a game. But how many games has he played? 18. Well, not 18. 34. 26. I'm sorry. I couldn't do math. I couldn't do math. Okay, so if if Luka Doncic, who's like averaging – I guess slightly better numbers that in points, rebounds, and assists by two. Why? And he's only two games above five hundred. Steph Curry is worldly better, more valuable in MVP than Luka Doncic. But you yeah, just stop eating Steph Curry's dick for once, bro. It's true. You're witnessing greatness. You're witnessing one of the best point guards ever. Aaron, who's Sorry, your MVP? Aaron. Aaron, right now, I said it's a five-way race between Jokic, Doncic, Embiid, Antetokounmpo, Tatum, and Durant. Well, that's a six-man race. Okay, six-man race. A six-man race between Durant, Tatum, Antetokounmpo, Embiid, Doncic, and Jokic, with Jokic and Tatum being the front runners, with Durant being the third place. What is your guys' MVP top six Zion. right now? Zion is higher. Top six. If the six guys you had to choose, Durant, Tatum, Antetokounmpo, Embiid, Doncic, and Jokic, how would you rank those six? If I'm doing six, I'm doing it in this order. I'll go Tatum, Jokic, Giannis. Wow. And then I'll go Kevin Durant. Giannis is so dirty, dude. Giannis stuck his hands up Kevin Durant's butthole. I'll go KD and then Joel. And then I think right below them, or even maybe tied with them, are... John Morant and Zion Williamson. So. I just feel like. Wait, okay. I also want to pull up this video to show you. Curry over Doncic, Jamie. Any day in the week. I'm trying to find this clip. All right, I can't find this. If yeah, if Luca's running a heliocentric offense and he's the only player they have who can create on his own, why wasn't James Harden an eight-time MVP? Based on your logic. But yeah, I'm trying to find. I can't find this clip. I need to find this. He's stuck. Sorry. I love Curry, but like you, you love Dick Ryan Curry. Well, because he's the best point guard I've ever seen with my own two eyes in live basketball. So that's, take that's that as you will. I don't know. Typically, players and teams who win four rings in ten years are. Good. So I don't know. I'm trying to see. I wish I could find. Saying the Monis Sabonis is shooting 39 percent from downtown. Oh my and goodness! And he's playing through an injury. What? And he's I did not know an, that. Yeah, he's playing through an injury. Like, a well, I know that. It's on my fantasy team. I'm monitoring the situation. 
Dude, I wish I could find this clip of Giannis and Kevin Durant. That it was literally like Giannis sticking his hands up Kevin Durant's booty hole. During our break, we go to Aaron with the news. Yeah, well, the Nets won their ninth straight game last night, taking down the Cleveland Cavaliers as Kevin Durant continues his MVP run. The Los Angeles Clippers got an overtime victory against team that's not very good that I can't think of at this current point. The Chicago Bulls suffered desperately to the Houston Let's Rockets. Let's run through. Let's run through last night's games real quickly. Which ones do you want to talk about? You want to talk about – all right, real quickly, I want to say I called the Portland Trailblazers winning. I think the only one you got wrong was that one right there. The Jazz. The only one I got wrong yeah. was the Jazz. I thought the Jazz would beat the Spurs. But I got – I went – yeah, I was a, I, I betted what was it three games, four games, five games, six games, seven. I went six for seven last night. I guessed correctly six of seven of the games. First off, TJ Warren is the true story from this this Nets game. TJ Warren, he even played a little bit of small ball five, and he's having like a career year passing at some steals. TJ Warren could score, and then you had Kyrie Irving being super efficient, Kevin Durant being himself, and I think right now. What is this team? Twenty and it says it right there. Twenty and seven. No, they're like 20, twenty and oh, seven. Oh, and Jacques. with Jacques Vaughn, they're twenty and seven, I believe. Right? They won two games. They went two and five under Steve Nash, and twenty and seven so far with Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn from Kansas. <laughs> but Kansas France. I think this was this was a statement win because people don't realize is they shut down Donovan Mitchell and they forced Darius Garland to try to beat them, and Darius Jump. Garland couldn't do it. <laughs> Darius Garland couldn't do it. He gave it, he gave it every damn ounce. We could go down to Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Darius Garland had 46 points. You also we, saw um, – Can we click on that player right there, Evan Mobley? Yeah, what about him? Are you about to say some Evan Mobley slander? You're about to no, say I something. just I'm I'm waiting for the jump. It's his second season, bro. Solid stats. Oh, so Jalen Green last night. Okay, yeah, Jalen Green's on a terrible team. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the difference. But the Nets, I think, are the hottest team in the NBA. I made a video on that last night, and I just think every time we see them play, they are just so fun to watch. They're a powerhouse. They steamroll teams. I think the Brooklyn Nets on. The only, the only thing I could see how the Nets – like, I wouldn't do any trades right now, but the only trade that I see the Nets doing is if, like, they could move Joe Harris for another shooter or something. Like, if they hit up the – like, if somehow they could convince the Suns for Jay Crowder and Landry Shamet, I would trade Joe Harris. You're telling me you wouldn't trade Joe Harris for Landry Shamet and Jay Crowder or Jay Crowder and Darius Sarge? No, I'll take Landry. He's doing well right now. That's all, so, I don't think the Suns would trade Landry, so – would you do Jay Crowder and Darius Saric for Joe Harris? No. No? No. Jay yeah. Crowder's – I think there's a very good reason Jay Crowder's not on an NBA franchise right now, getting minutes. Well, a bunch of people are complaining. They're like, you're not good enough to be sitting out, bro. I don't, yeah, I think he – I don't – I wouldn't go as far to say as he causes internal issues, but I don't think the risk is worth the reward if – especially for a team like Brooklyn that was kind of inching towards catastrophic. Yeah. I'm just a huge Sarge fan, and I just felt like Sarge. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. But... Hey, he just blew out his name. So let's move on to the next game. I mean, the Clippers almost blew this game, and then after the last three minutes, Terrence Mann and Paul George went fucking dynamo. We talked a little bit about the Timberwolves, and I think the most interesting game right here, unless which game do you want to talk about, though? Did you see me? You look like you want to talk about the Rockets. Sure. All right. What was, what's let's hear from a Rockets fan. What do you think of this this win for your team? First off, I before you go, Jabari Smith and Alperin Shagoon is a legit front court. Like because like they're doing what I'm saying. Jabari Smith is the the rim protector on defense, and then Shagoon is your baby Jokic on your offense. It's kind of like Jokic and Gordon. I think last night was the best game the Houston Rockets have played. I think that Shangoon had his game of the season. I mean, it was magical, actually. Jalen Green had a really good first half, and then it was kind of the Kevin show. 
I don't know. I, I still am not bought on Kevin Porter Jr. I, I still think he's more suited. Why? I, I think ball. Kevin Porter Jr. has been so consistent that he shows he's either going to be your future perennial six-man of the year candidate or he's going to be develop into the point guard that we hope he can become. Either way, it looks like it's a win-win situation with Kevin Porter. I just – I don't know. I don't know if – I don't – I'm not quite sure Rocket fans understand – that we don't want another Harden. We want like an actual point guard. So yeah, Jalen or sorry, Kevin was nice. But what I saw last night in the fourth quarter, which I see every fourth quarter is Kevin does one of two things. He either goes cold and shoots you out of the game. And then last second with four seconds left on the shot clock, gives it to Jalen and he's got nothing to do. Or he turns on his scoring face and just puts up buckets. But I will give it to him last night. He did a really good job and he did a good job playmaking. But if those shots weren't falling, I mean, just because you get yoke, just because you run a pick and roll and get Vucevic switched on you and you run the shot clock down 24 seconds and you make the contested mid range shot, I don't really constitute as that as a good offensive possession is, is my point. But I will say, I don't think Silas, I, I've already ran about the Rocks. I don't, they don't know what they're doing. Now they're starting to get into some ball movement, but I, I so don't that's know. What, this was the first night. This was the first night. The reason why they had this dominant win, and Steven Silas even said it, ball movement. Kevin Porter Jr. This is why I'm believing Kevin Porter Jr. He came yeah. out of the press conference and he was like, tonight we had a good game. He's like, I've been he's like, I've been trying to emphasize ball movement in my game. He's like, Steven Silas has been trying to emphasize ball movement. Even Steven Silas, he's like, we've been for the last few weeks, we've been really telling him, move the ball, move the ball, and just find the you know the open shooter. If you move the ball, the shooter will be found. And that's what they're doing. And that's why, like, when they play like this, they look like a good team, especially when they're running. And guess what? Their last three games, Shagoon's been averaging six and a half assists a night. They're running the offense through Shagoon finally. Exactly. That's what. That's my point, is you're running the offense through Shagoon for the first three quarters, which they've been doing so as of late. And then it becomes the Kevin show at the end. And Kevin was making his shots last night, so we won. But the offense in the first three quarters is – Shangun, Jabari, Jalen, Kevin, it's everybody. And then I feel once the clock hits four minutes left in the fourth quarter, then it becomes, all right, we're going to do pick and rolls or we're just going to pass. Nobody's going to cut. Nobody's going to set any off-ball screen. So, yeah, I think they're finally starting to realize that, hey, if we run the offense through Shangun, that's where we're the best. Because Kevin last night, actually, a lot of his scoring came on catch and shoots, which he's – phenomenal at so that's what i want to see more of that's why last night was a it was a great step in the right direction to see if these three can actually coexist that's why i also believe like kevin porter jr works out really well because whatever he ends up being you got yourself either your future point guard or your future six man or they can trade chip kind of cut him this year i think they can cut him yeah he's not guaranteed right yeah the contract will happen, but and yeah, no, I think it's definitely something really interesting to see, and I think this is a team that's been very fun to watch. Now, yeah. I think that's it from last night's games. You want to recap? Yeah. All right, let's move over to what's been in the rumor mail for today, and obviously, right now, something we've talked about repeatedly. We'll just like gloss over it real quickly. Clip that. from today. <laughs> yeah, the rising belief that the Wizards will trade Kyle Kuzma. This comes from Mark Stein of the Stein line. Kuzma, who has a player option for next year, is considered a lock to become a free agent after the season. Stein adds that rumblings among NBA circles make it difficult to envision Kuzma re-signing with the Wizards. Kuzma is averaging 21.8 points and 7.6 rebounds on the season and having a career year. And basically, it's hard to envision him staying in Washington, plus the Washington Wizards are reportedly prioritizing re-signing Kristoff Porzingis over Kuzma, which makes it more likely that Kuzma will stay. And we've talked a bunch about Kuzma, unless you want to talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about this, though. The Celtics don't plan on removing the interim tag for Joe Missoula during the 2022-23 season. The only way that it seems like it would be removed is if at Coach M.A. Udoka is hired midseason and then they would 
upgrade him. But my thought is, is the reason they're doing that is so they don't have to give him a new a new contract. Because if they make him head coach, they have to redo the contract and pay him. Yeah, that's probably why. So it's interesting to see. I'm still pushing for Emma Udoka to be hired by the Atlanta Hawks. That would be so much fun to watch. Yeah. All right. Now let's do so let's do something. I unfortunately forgot that on Thursday, well, unfortunate for you and the show, I guess, I have a family X throwing on Thursday night. You're not doing the show? I don't. I'll double check the time, but I, I highly doubt it. That's fine because Jay Johnson's coming on, one of our, our watchers. Nice. So him and I will anchor the show. So let's do today's Purtle. Wow. Is this Evan Fournier? No. Six six under thirty. He's either wearing twelve or eleven. And he's in the east. So central or southeastern. I think I have my next guess. Yeah. Um. Wait, did we get a possession? Yeah, yeah, he's um guard forward, so he's probably a forward, or I think he's a guard. Okay, who are you going on this purdle? Um, you know, actually, I'll go with George's Niang. George's but Niang. He's, he's short of six six. He's short. I'll give you another guess. We won't do that. Because that doesn't. Uh, I'm thinking it's a Fred. white guy. I'm going white guy. Fred's oh, a good guess. Fred's got white guy hair, though. Oh, fuck. I forgot. Okay. And he's taller than six foot. I had someone. Oh, this was my guess. Hmm. That was a good guess, right? I didn't know yeah. he was 31. I thought he was 11. Okay. So he's in the central, right? So central is... No, he's in the Atlantic. Sorry, because it's only no, no it's not. No, it's central. So what's the central? The Bucks, Pacers. Oh, I think I know who it is. I think he is on the Pacers. I know. I'm trying to is. see that age. Oh, oh he's under twenty. Oh, he's over twenty six. He's under twenty. Uh, he's over twenty six, and his number's he's under twenty seven. Yeah, so he's twenty seven. So he's twenty seven. I think I know who it is. Do you know who it is? Um, I think he's on. I think the that's. Oh. I think I was. I'll let you guess it because I think I know who it is. No. I'm gonna go Grayson Allen. Oh, I think you're right. Bang! That was good. Former player. <laughs> I didn't. I. Dude, Grayson Allen might have been my next guess, but no, dude. Oh, oh, it was because I didn't the height. Because I thought, how tall is is TJ six three or is he six foot six one? Ah, I was just I, looking at the the age and I thought he was six three because yeah, the hair gave it away. The hair gave it away because yeah. he tells a white guy, yeah, white guy hair. <laughs> um, but. Damn. Damn, that was a good one. That was a good guess. I I did not I probably would have gotten that one like near the end. Yeah, it felt good. It felt good. Uh let's move back over here. I think we went over here over the rumors. They gave Pascal Siakam last week for week ten player of the week. He averaged thirty eight point seven points, ten point three rebounds and seven point three assists, and Doncic got you know, the other one, he went 31.5 points, nine right. assists, eight rebounds, and three and one. Yeah, well, that 50-burger against the Rockets helped. Yeah, that 50-burger really did help keep those stats up. Oh, my God. The NBA Christmas Day ratings increased despite NFL competition. Yeah. Oh, my God. Shout – can we – decision to – uh, 
simulcast, 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 simulcast. The decision to simulcast all five NBA Christmas games on ABC paid off in the ratings. Despite facing the first ever Christmas NFL triple header, the NBA's five game Christmas Day slate averaged 4.27 million viewers across ABC and ESPN per Nielsen. Fast Nationals up 5%. From last year's 4.08 million, if still down 4% from two years ago when the Christmas State slate took place in the opening week of the season, 4.47. The Bucks Celtics game was the top drawer, top drawer, draw, top draw of the day with an average of 6 million viewers up from the 16% from Warrior Suns at the same window. And the second largest game was, and the second largest NBA regular season audience since the league's return from hiatus. The Celtics win peaked with 6.83 million people watching. That's crazy. And the Laver the Mavericks and Lakers scored 4.3, which was 12% down. But still, these are good stats. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, it. I don't know. It's interesting because the Packer-Dolphin game was great. All these games were after that. The two other football games were – and you knew it before they happened that they were just – abysmal i had no interest in they were shit games i talked to everyone and pat mcafee said it they were all like damn the sunday games kind of sucked compared to and i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad and i I sat on the couch for like 12 hours watching basketball from noon to like 2 a.m like as much crap as i was giving them for having some of the games against like certain matchups missing games they should have that it it was a great christmas day for basketball and I think even if football was good, people still would have been pleased. Yeah, no, this was awesome. And you got to think about, like, I watched all the games illegally. I did not pay, like, because I'm pretty sure I didn't even attempt to go on an NBA league pass because ABC. Yeah, they'll have that, like, block. So I was at my dad's house, and my dad cut the cord, and he only has, like, Hulu – HBO and like That's one or two hard. other streaming service, but I taught my dad how to illegally stream. So he has both TVs set up with MacBooks and wireless keyboards and mouse. So you sit on the TV, you go to usgotv.tv, and you can watch any channel you want, like AMC, TV Land, Sundance TV, um, ABC, Telemundo, Univision, like any channel you want for free. So my dad just put on ABC and we we're just watching all the games for free. Nice. Yeah. Check it out. I'll actually show you guys. Ooh. I don't know if that's a great idea. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that was a good catch. It's how the channel gets deleted. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look at this. Scoot's back. ESPN Plus, let's go. Can't uh, wait to not watch it. Nice. All right. Right here. The Knicks reserve power forward, Obi Toppin, suffered a non-displaced fracture in his right filia during the second quarter of the Knicks win over the Hawks at the Madison Square Garden on December 7th. Knicks said the following day that the 24-year-old would be reevaluated in two to three weeks, which occurred in recent days. Quote, everything has been good. We've been progressing, getting better, but there isn't a timetable on when I'll be back. We're just taking it day by day, getting better every single day, working on things. They're, they're the pros at this. Whenever they say the time is ready to be back, that's when I'll be back, said Toppin for Tuesday's game against the Mavericks in his first public comments since the injury. What's your thoughts about Obi Toppin coming back? And or is your opinion to Obi Toppin – just kind of not turned out to be the player you thought he would be. He's a guy for the second season in a row is averaging 17 points a night. He's shooting three ball the best of his career at 35%, but his field goal percentage is down to 42%, and his points went down to 7.7, but his rebounds went up to 3.8. Same assist as last year and similar defensive numbers. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think he – I know he was drafted eight, and I know the stats aren't – necessarily there but i do think that's more of of the environment i think he's still a great player and even if he ends up being just a solid role player i i, I still view it as that that as a success they could have had tyrese halberton which sucks i wonder what the, the knicks would look like with that but that was a pretty pretty weak draft it was a surprisingly weak draft like retrospectively you looked at that that school like 
was not great. And I mean, these like this could have been, dude. The Bulls had the fourth pick. The Cavs had the fifth pick. Hawks had the sixth. Pistons seven. Like, if this was like the twenty twenty one draft, I mean, I would that would go hard. Some of these guys got gypped with their picks. Like, it's nothing against Pat Will, Isaac Okoro, you know, Killian Hayes. Odd Vida, but yeah. Let's uh, let's wrap up this episode, the 2020 draft. Let's pull it up. It's very uh, top heavy with the top three, and you could even argue Wiseman's not quite there yet. Okay, so we'll go through here. Top 12 picks. If we redrafted this draft, it'd probably go Edwards, Lamelo, Tyrese. You would still take That's James it. Wiseman? Would you still take James Wiseman? Like, would you probably? Yeah, you would take Wiseman on four as well. Devin Vassell, yeah, Devin Vassell would go to the Cavs. Tyrese Maxey, yeah. So it would go like this: Edwards would still go to the Timberwolves. You're lying if you think that would change. Lamelo would go to the Warriors. Tyrese would go to the Hornets. James Wiseman would go to the Bulls because at the time they didn't. Hey. Need to and then next up, let's see who else is on this list. I think Cole Anthony would go up. Josh Green would be in there. Precious so. Achua, Tyrese. No, we already have Vassell. We had Vassell no. going five to the Cavaliers. So six, it would probably be Josh Green, right, to the Hawks. Seven, it would probably be <laughs> <That's a weak laughs> Tyrese Maxey. To... Tyrese Maxey is six. Come on, don't put Josh Green over him. True. Six, Josh Green goes – I mean, Tyrese Maxey goes to the Hawks. Seven, Josh Green goes to the Pistons. Eight – Sadiq Bay, or do you go like uh, do you go Emmanuel quickly? <laughs> I don't even know. I'm trying to see anyone in the second round that's turned up. Nick Richards would be a first round pick. Yeah, Madar still hasn't came over. Fucking beast. Still There's hasn't only came one up. player who's made an all star game. Justin Jessup, Golden State still has his rights. Yeah, damn, this was a really shit draft. KJ Martin would be a first round pick. Isaiah Joe would be a first-round pick. Charles Bassey was in this draft. He would be a, a drafted. Who else would be drafted out of this? Uh, oh, Najee Marshall and Anthony Lamb would have been drafted. Nathan Knight would have been drafted. Matt Ryan probably would have been a second-round pick at least. Yeah. Kelly and Tilly and Lindy Waters, maybe. One more year to seven, probably. Lamar St- Stevens. There's a lot of guys. Ashton Hagens. What happened to that guy? Remember Freddie Glipsy? Trek Forrest would have been drafted. Freddie Glipsy. What happened? To, where's Tyshawn Alexander? Damn, he's in the G League. Seth McDonald. Paul Reed would have been a first round pick. Same thing with Isaiah Joe. Oh, Jordan Wara would have been a first round pick. Trey yeah. Jones probably would have been a first round pick. Nick Richards probably would have been a first-round pick. Malachi Flynn probably would have gone higher. He's been solid lately. Payne Pritchard would have gone higher. We draft. We draft. Don't get caught in the middle, folks. Well, Kelly Hayes and Yako Kongu wouldn't have been lottery picks. Yeah, maybe on Yako, but definitely not Killian. Killian probably wouldn't even be in the first round. Kellyan? Yeah, dude, Malachi Flynn went 29th overall. If Kelly and Hayes was at 29, the Raptors would have taken him. Imagine Kelly and Hayes on this Raptors team. Yeah, they'd be That'd be fucking insane. Oh, not like that at all. Why? You're, you oh, know. well, see, uh, Kelly and Hayes couldn't hit water in a boat. Okay, do you want to talk about the Killian Hayes over the last few weeks, though? I'm a Killian Hayes. My Twitter is a Killian Hayes stand account. So that's such a lie. I'm pro Killian Hayes. So my over the last ten games, Killian Hayes is averaging twelve and a half points, forty one percent from the field. Yes, twenty nine percent from three, four Ooh. rebounds, seven assists, one and a half steals. He's a Tough. phenomenal passer. He's a good player. Killian Hayes could become baby Drew Holiday. I'd just take Malachi over him on the Raptors still. I love Malachi Flynn. Can we also talk about Malachi Flynn this season? Like, why aren't they giving him more chances? Like, I could – listen to this. They have been over the last, like, five games been giving him more minutes. But Malachi Flynn, low-key, starting to break out for this team. Let's talk about over the last six games, he's averaged 23 minutes, 40% from the field, 44.8% from three. 
two rebounds, two assists, half a steal, nine and a half points a night. And specifically, I think his numbers, let's see his splits as a start. He's only started one game as the season, but I think we're starting to see Malachi Flynn. He took him a few seasons to get going, but fun player, don't you agree? Well, he ended this rookie year when they t- started the tank. He was averaging like, I think, 13 and 7. Yeah, that's he got true. That, he got that taste of what he could be. He was one of the best defensive guard. He might have been the best defensive guard in that draft. At the time, not necessarily. Yeah, at the time he was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Anthony Edwards and Lamar Ball had the tools. Tyrese Halliburton was pretty good, but yeah, Kelly Hayes by far probably was the best. Wait, no, no Marcus I'm saying Malachi Flynn. Oh. In that draft, yeah, before Marcus, they got drafted, Marcus, he was... Marcus Garrett, Marcus Garrett. He won Defensive Player of the Year that year coming out of college for KU. He was averaging... So like, still one of the best. One of the best, but like Marcus Garrett, like the only reason he wasn't drafted was he can't really shoot. But like since playing in the NBA, he's having a reoccurring like wrist injury. Marcus Garrett, though, was like the best defensive player in, the, in that class. And I'm not even trying to be a biased KU fan. Only thing holding him back from being in the NBA is a three point shot, but he's like a 60% field shooter as like without a jump shot. He just only shoots layups and floaters, and he's a shooting guard. But he had him, but then he got his hurt his wrist back to back years. But that's it, guys. You got anything else to say before we talk tomorrow? Beep, 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 beep. No. Uh, see you guys tomorrow. Hit that like button. It'll be much obliged if you enjoyed today's show. Be a friend and tell a friend. But that's it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow, guys. Cheers.